Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott. I'm Chris. And I'm Marissa. And we're keeping you in the loop, the guitar community. are missing John today, so we'll see how well we function without him. Uh, But let's dive right into what's new. Chris, what's new with you? I don't think I got anything new this week again. It's kind of boring and cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's good news. There's found gear that you magically discovered today. There is. We were just talking about this. I forgot already. <laughs> this is how bad my memory is, and Marissa can confirm. Well, you you were all mad because you lost your dongle, but you finally found a... Oh, yeah, for the Apple, <laughs> Apple stuff, because we're on the dongle life now with the iPhones. Thanks, Apple. Please don't sponsor us. Dear hey. Apple, we <laughs> add a headphone jack, please. At least on the do. big phones. Yeah, then you can sponsor us. Uh, my favorite is whenever <laughs> we're playing at like church and someone's like, oh, I'm just going to plug in a metronome real quick or we're going to run click off that. And then, you know, we spend 10 minutes all looking for a headphone dongle to a <laughs> lightning port. And nobody keeps that around. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I'm not bringing those headphones to church that I'm, I have that on because I have a mic, which messes with the IEMs and then, you know, all that junk too. So. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, Marissa, what's new with you? Uh, nothing. How is the woodcutter? I haven't personally played with it yet, but and I haven't touched it since she brought it home. When Chris played with it, I really enjoyed it. Are you uh you getting much time in on your bass these days? Now that it's up and running. Uh, I've played with it a little bit, not too much. I just got, you know, busy, and then I got sick. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, it seems to be that season for all of us. I've actually got nothing new this week either. That's two in a row. Yes. I haven't bought any guitar gear. I'm getting the itches. Oh goodness. I'm yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm suddenly really content with a lot of the stuff that's going on. That's basically have. how I feel. Yeah. Though I'm continuously trying to talk her into getting me a SDD 2000 rack unit to put in my rack. So, <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> complete pedal board, but an incomplete rack. Exactly. I have two whole spaces that need to be filled. Oh. Marissa. Sounds nice. Marissa, you, can just buy, you can just buy blank panels that fill them. Oh. I could. <laughs> like five bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, then let's dive into some gear news for the week. Uh, the first one got announced this morning and is so crazy. I don't know if I'm, I or any of us are able to fully explain everything going on on this. But Moog has announced their first synthesizer in like three decades. First uh, new one. I'm overwhelmed. How's everybody Same. else feeling? 
pretty much since I could like never really figure my way around a Moog to begin with and now they've added all of this to it to bring it more up to date. Yeah, so there's a lot of like modern features going on here. There's the USB MIDI. Um, actually, the old ones might have had some MIDI on them, but yeah, they do. MIDI is old as like almost as old as it's almost as old as Mick use. Jagger. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> So first thing that, re it, so there's that, there's some LAN connectivity on this thing so that you can update it in the future, which makes me think they're being very aware of like Dante and all AudioNet and like all the other audio over um, Cat5 type mm -hmm. of protocols that are out there and realizing like, all right, we might want to send eight outputs out of this thing. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, is that what's going on there? Or is that actually like, instead of doing a USB connector, but they already have USB. So um, I'm sure somebody say, out there is gonna argue uh, one is more pure than the other and you get a better sound coming across, so. Uh, <laughs> so digital packets are digital packets but it's all about the type of copper that you run it through. Mm. It has to be grain-fed organic copper. Mm. If only we were sponsored by a cable company, we could promote one right now. <laughs> Hint. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so the, the biggest thing that really struck out for me for on this thing is first the price tag that there's a 16 voice model and there's an eight voice model the 16 voice model comes in at a whopping eight thousand dollars but that's like still on par with most of their stuff is it not mm. is it that expensive usually um i'm looking at stuff like you just on sweetwater that gets mm -hmm. up to thirty-five thousand. good like the modular stuff lord yes and just a rack for some stuff is like 60 to almost 100. Wow. $1,000? No. Oh, just, just 60 to $100. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know they've always had pretty crazy stuff, but um, I didn't know it was that expensive. Wow. Let me see what some of like the cheapest stuff is. Like just nope. Why did you click on that? Thank you for not actually going there. The well, lowest price synth is five hundred dollars. That's reasonable. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like no controller. It's all modular, so. Man, they do yeah. some pretty out there stuff. It looks like this new one um, still has a lot of support for the vintage stuff, though. There's a lot of VCAs on it. Um, <laughs> what I think the the biggest real factor in this is that you actually can save presets now and make them recalled and probably share them, which I don't know. I, I don't know if that totally resonates fully with the, the modular synth world where I think part of the fun of those things is it's always different and you're always trying to dial it in. But 
at the same time for a live actually, performance. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I think this is pretty cool. Um, it doesn't look like it's a complete announcement yet. I don't, I don't totally get this, to be honest with you. Um, why does Sweetwater announce something and then say, oh, yeah, we'll have more images and information available October 8th? Um, that doesn't make sense to me either. Uh, yeah, so we don't have a full picture of anything. We just have a logo picture. Yep. Yeah. Still some nice hardwood there for the casing. So, you know, this thing's going to be heavy. <laughs> Hope you have a roadie. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're spending 35 grand on some of these scents, you better have somebody there to hold it, <laughs> carry it. Uh, so, yeah, go to Sweetwater's site. They seem to be the only news source so far covering it. Um, and uh, give it a look if that's your kind of cup of tea. Moving back into the guitar world, um, Headrush announced this morning uh, the gig board. Chris, did you get a good chance to look at this? I like skimmed over it and I get the idea. Um, it's looking like it's supposed to be a competitor to like uh, what Digitech had where you could like plug the iPad in, except this time you actually have like the built-in screen with like their software. But it's oh. like, yeah, so it's like touchscreen and all that good stuff. So have, it's kind you, of cool. have you checked out the big Headrush? Head I have not had a chance to. Okay, so think Helix, GT1000, that type of thing where it's your your whole rig, you know, mm -hmm. and it has like eight or ten um, foot switches and a big expression pedal. Right. So the way the Helix has the HX effects where it's a this pared is their down thing. Of that. It is, but what's really interesting about it, and I think this is actually gonna sell really well potentially, mm. is while it's at that footprint size and it's slightly more expensive than the HXFX, it still has the amps built in. Oh yeah, yeah still, I saw that. It has everything. And on a, I, so I was watching um, a demo, I think it was GAK, so Joe Branton and doing going through it, watching how easy it is to use on that touchscreen made me very interested in it. Even oh, yeah, though, yeah, yeah. Um, even though the, like they, it didn't get a great rap when the big headrush came out. Mm -hmm. um, the 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 word on it was the Helix sounds better. The headrush is easier to use. So yes, I feel like with this kind of layout, you don't have to do like all the menu diving. Everything's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's really there. And there's some interesting like different ways to use the tap buttons. So you can have like 2B banks and 2B presets huh. or things like that. So you don't have to like double press and do all this crazy stuff. Um, I mean, so I have that MS3 from Boss and while I can get decent tones out of it, I just, I can't get my head around quickly using it in a live setting Yeah. right now. And thinking about maybe giving up on it. Um, but at the I same mean, time, I don't need the money for anything right now, so. Sell that, fund this. Yeah, I mean, that's probably when I finally <laughs> will get rid of it. It'll, when I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. My, my only thing with this though is that mm -hmm. it doesn't have like XLR out. Uh, I think it's TRS. Oh so yeah, you can still get it balanced oh, out of it. Okay. But that just would have made like plugging into like interfaces and stuff so much 
quicker mm-hmm. or just a board in general yeah so it, it is trs in and out so you can plug a, a, a ts quarter inch it will work you can plug a, a trs to xlr adapter in it and it will work mm. and a trs plug is smaller than an xlr so that kind of keeps the and form keeps factor down a little carry bit. a uh, direct box around yeah yeah, so I mean, I I think this will do well. It is more expensive than the HX effects, but it has a yeah. lot more functionality. Yeah, um, I would be curious on this. I really want to try one. I do too. Mostly so, just because it's got the touchscreen, which I'm guessing you can like tap on an effect and like adjust the knobs from there versus having to like move one knob, button over, move another one to adjust something else. Oh, yeah. And you can click and drag on it, too. Ooh. And it's it's very visual. So like the the pedals that are it's modeling are very effectively drawn. Like you can clearly see a tube screamer there and one of the sample images like I, I can look at their sample layout and tell what that layout is so does uh, um, like the helix and stuff have like a hands free mode for adjusting things uh, I think if you plug your computer in that's not hands free yeah um, <laughs> but this has a hands free mode I haven't so seen a, a lot plus. of these have like a like are you talking like is there an iPad no, 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 no. Supplement, like, or what um, are you talking about? Uh, you can... I don't know what, like, screen or, like, how you get to it, but since it has the four foot switches, it has mm-hmm. a hands-free mode that you can control, like, parameter up and down and actually have next parameter, like, left and right. So, like, the picture they have is tweaking a delay and you're able to adjust the decay then move over to, you know, whatever the next thing. Let's just say feedback and, you know adjust it without having to actually like bend down and like start moving things with your hands uh i don't know it looks like the there so there's two knobs there's the master and then there looks like it's kind of like a click wheel kind of a thing here let me send it to you okay um i'll put it in the for editing tab. parameters okay <laughs> too much inside baseball here people know what we're doing <laughs> Um, also you know you you get the expression pedal in and out on this too so that lets you you know wait in and out or well how does out work does it have out i might have misspoke oh i can't it's too pixelated for me to really tell what it is hang on yeah the midi port is looks like it's pixelated in the pictures uh it has a toe which i'm guessing is like tap in uh, if it's tapped in, that's cool too. Expression pedal toe switch. Uh, maybe it, there's a click on and off ability. I've never heard. I so I've heard toe and heel used to express on uh, expression pedals to say you know full up, full down. But yeah, but it wouldn't have two separate jacks for that. Uh, so now I'm curious. It's TS. That could be... Because an expression pedal requires a TRS TRS, jack. uh, So that would be technically three cables. Interesting. And and so if you have a a heel and a toe... But there's no heel 
input. So I don't know. They don't have a lot of stuff on here. Can we get a manual and just read through that? That would be great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's your homework for next week. That'd be fun. Uh, one last thing to mention on this, it does have an aux input, so you can jam along with uh, your iPhone if you have your dongle or your Android <laughs> if you don't have a dongle. Oh my goodness. I don't know. You need dongles on a lot of high Android these days too. <sighs> Bring back that iPhone jack. <laughs> so long and short of it, I really want to try one of these out yes, for an cool. extended play. Um, I I think this would be a better replacement for what I was trying to do the MS3 with. Um, oh, yeah. and the other part is the form factor. This this can probably fit in a gig bag pocket. Yeah. Mm, seven inch screen. Yeah, so it's probably no more than what? 12 inches wide, 14 at the most. Uh, I'm on the wrong menu. I I had dimensions on it and now I don't. And uh, the dimensions I'm looking at is all in millimeter, so you might be able to convert that. Yep, divide by twenty-five. Goes to Canada, <laughs> twenty-five inches. No, twenty-five millimeters is about an inch. Okay. So, yeah, it's a it's a nice size. It, I mean, it, it still might be a little too big for most gig bags, but it's not like carrying around a whole board oh gosh like the first time i saw the helix i thought it was the just <laughs> i was shocked by how large it was in person and like when we looked yeah. at the gt 1000 how much smaller it was comparatively mm -hmm. um that they are their own gig bag at that point like they're just so big which still smaller i as a guy who uses a pt pro i have nothing to complain about big pedal boards about but same uh if I'm going to something that's ultra portable, I'd want it to be ultra portable. So this looks cool. I want to, yeah. I, I'm really interested in seeing where this goes. I think this is a better form factor, um, to get people into one of these things, especially at that $700 price point. No doubt. So, um, and then the last thing on our, what's new this week in terms of news is Wampler has released the Pantheon. Um, Compared to another famous Marshall pedal, uh, the Bluesbreaker, which I I would I I was surprised that Wampler has not done a Bluesbreaker at this point until now. Oh really? I don't know. It, it feels like they have such a complete range already that I would have thought there would had been one in the past or something like that. Yeah, I could agree with that. But I know I also know like Brian Wampler has been kind of slow to the um, the mythical pedals, for lack of a better term. Uh, like he was, he took a long time to get, finally jump on the clone clone train. Yeah, he was holding off on doing a tube screamer for a long time. So I mean, it, in in one sense, it's really nice because like you don't look at Wampler pedals as clones necessarily. Uh, you think of them as original circuits first or like he's coming up with his own I good real ideas and then yeah, he's doing that. Yeah, a lot Here's of the originals don't have like three band EQ and a lot of people like like that flexibility. So that mm -hmm. kind of sets him apart from like every other clone out there to an extent. Yeah, because it's just a tone knob on most blues breakers, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's been a it's been a Same minute with, since like, I uh, two had... screamers and clones. So. Yeah, yeah, because well, he did a he did a regular. The, the Tumnus was a mini, and that was the his first clone clone. And then the Deluxe was the one that added added all the EQ. Yep, three band EQ, and then a normal and hot mode, which I'm guessing is gain structure, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, there's a few different voices in there. I believe it switches between hard and soft clipping, um, which doesn't necessarily mean more distortion. It just means the way it happens Mm -hmm. is different. Um, and the other fun part is it's not... uh, Naturally, we're going to compare this to a certain other mythical pedal that's not called a bluesbreaker. It's called a king of tone, right? Because that's right. based on a bluesbreaker as well. Um, do you see this being considered a real competitor? To the clone market of that, or like to the king of tone? Well, I guess the prince of tone is a better comparison, right? Probably, because that's supposed to be just the like bluesbreaker itself yeah so i think actually the prince of tones a little cheaper if you can actually buy one because that's not as sought after so i don't see that one going for like eight hundred dollars yeah it doesn't have the resale market craziness that the king of tone or has but they're still always sold out on like the analog man website yeah i mean i think uh as far as like maybe the PNW market, uh, as like everybody tries to get their hands on, you know, the King of Tone, um, mm-hmm. and maybe the uh, Morning Glory. But yeah, that's I another think, popular one for sure. Or uh, Wampler's Market. This will probably definitely be better because um, I think he gets a lot of like the rock and light country people just based on like who he has as like artists. Mm-hmm. So they might not know of, you know, King of Tone or like really want to put up with everything like hype wise. They might at most go search Reverb or eBay and try to get an original Blues Breaker, but this comes in at $200. Yeah. But, you know, but still 150 cheaper than a blues breaker, like original. Yeah, and I mean it's so. a it's a tight pedal too, so it's gonna fit into pretty mm-hmm. much any pedal board you want. Um Most and with the Womp player being a little more mainstream than like JHS and the King of Tone guy, I think that'll this'll be a little bit of a game changer for that. Or I like think people so. People that aren't on like Facebook twenty four seven talking about gear they'll actually go into guitar center and like see this and you know be introduced because this could be somebody's first introduction to a blues breaker more than a morning glory or something would be yeah i definitely uh i i know my guitar center carries um jhs now too so I, I guess I could go in and see if I could try to do a, a side-by-side with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, the, the whole Guitar Center argument is actually a really good one because I keep forgetting all the boutique builders that are mainstream enough to be in there now. So you do have JHS, you do have Wampler, um, 
and you See, actually get that into it. has like Wampler out of the boutique market. Oh, so. and it's very rare that we yeah, see a have like pedal. the paisley drive or like the compressor yeah. and that's it <laughs> hmm. well and the other perk here is um i'm not saying pro or against any of that but there are certain people who swear off certain pedal brands for Being either religious reasons or other things like uh, that yeah um so i don't think wampler has that problem though that's exactly my point. Okay. That some people that wouldn't buy a Morning Glory due to yeah. their their whatever, their personal code of ethics, um, you know, However this might allow them to get something. So, I say this as I look down and I see multiple JHS pedals. So, <laughs> I that's not me. Um, yeah, I, I say as misguided as it may be because of the accusations and his statement that he made. So, yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're about to stumble into a topic that we don't want to talk about. Well, we'll discuss this on the Facebook group and uh, yeah, we'll do it however we decide to. It's good because now we'll see more of Adam Dolhanic in our group. Uh, <laughs> uh, <Welcome>. so, <laughs> so let's bring that into our topic because actually we were kind of stumbling upon this and when we were talking about this. But um, after all these years of clones and all the boutique market boom and things like that of what I called earlier the mythical pedals or the holy grail pedals. Um, will their prices ever come back down to reality or are they always going to be this completely unattainable thing now? So examples being the Klon, the original Centaur mm-hmm. is still hovering around two to two and a half thousand dollars. Is that sort of where we're seeing them these days? Last time I actually like looked or something came across as a suggested item on Reverb, mm-hmm. um, which those were originally two two fifty ish. They were. I think that's what I've heard. Which was expensive for its time, but still not insane. Yeah. Um, King of Tones are two fifty ish, two sixty. Yeah, but those, I, I'd consider those like a modern classic. Though. Mm-hmm. They're not like old school like the blues breaker and like original clones or uh was it like the original memory men that had like a certain cap in it or whatever from like the Uh, 70s and 80s the original bucket brigade chips is a big part of that too right yeah i think so um so like those are always up there yeah certain tube screamers so that's yeah yeah anything like Pre eighty seven is usually pretty high. Yeah. Did you ever sell yours? I did. It was, it was a sad day. I got was it two fifty <laughs> or three fifty for it? I think it was two fifty. Yeah, so it was about what I paid, I think. So I didn't lose much, if any. The original Pink Panther. Yeah, that could fall into the modern classic too. So I guess there's there's two parts to detach here, right? There's first right. the, it's rare, so therefore it's collectible, and the rules of supply and demand say if there's a low supply, that the price goes up. Mm-hmm. So there's that side of it. Um, and then there's the whole mojo or legitimate 
this tone is so good from the original that nothing ever reproduced can compare. So oh, yeah. there's there's the you know an actual 1965 Fender Deluxe Reverb versus the reissue. You know those kind mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Um, or a actual vintage Fender versus uh, who's your boutique builder du jour that does the best um, blackface reissue, yeah. but. Um, you know, it, I, I think there definitely is there. There's going to be a component here, right? Of these prices are always going to be high from here on out because it is the original and therefore there is a collectability about them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It probably is going to come down to, I think, as the stuff starts getting older, where some of us are probably going to be less and less likely to like have it on our board. Like my. 83 tube screamer that I had that was on my board for a while but I ended up taking it off because I found something that was like actually comparable to it Hmm. so once we're because like we're getting into this time where we're seeing more of the you know these brands putting out quality clones that you know we're able to actually take the originals off of our boards and keep them if we wanted to on a shelf and like only use them in the studio or whatever like somebody famous could do not as bedroom musicians <laughs> but uh yeah i i also think that i mean there is a component to some of these pro guys who do the the rack mounted pedal boards yeah where there really is no wear and tear on the pedal but you're, but you're still taking it out on the road which is still risky yeah of it to get stolen if somebody stole a clone off of somebody's board, that's like two months rent somewhere, if not more, depending on where you live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or even think about all the guitars Joe Bonamassa has with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so many, all those Gibsons. So, is is it just simply our answer is no? These prices are never coming back down to reality. They might go. I'm thinking it might still be a few years for them to go down. It's just going to come with people being, you know, more acceptive and actually like exploring these newer options. Hmm. Sometimes Possibly. I wonder about things with like, um, so the clone centaur has kind of flatlined. It hasn't like, it's just not shooting up the way it has been. Yeah. Um, or at least in our perception, we could be totally wrong here. Uh, and the KTR did nothing to stem that, right? Even though like Klon is still making an overdrive pedal. Um, and the, you know, people argue it sounds exactly the same. It's the same circuit. It's just using surface mounted components or, you know, whatever argument you make on there. Uh, that hasn't really, that never really stemmed or, or stopped the the, the inflation yeah. of the Klon Centaur. And now we have a market flooded with Klon clones, right? Okay, so the gold uh, Centaur with the horsey has gone up to 3K, close to four on oh. some. Okay, so I guess- But it, the silvers are still sitting around, you know, this 1500 mark, which is the usual for those. Hmm. So has it, we've hit a point of plateau? Is it with with some of these? 
Yeah, with definitely the silver without horsey. Uh, I don't even know if any of the silvers had horsey at one point, but those have definitely plateaued. And at the same time, they can't keep KTRs in stock either. Yeah, I, that, that came up too, is like KTRs are sitting around three to 800. $800 for a KTR? Yep. Is that just one guy? Is, yeah, is that an actual that sale? Has, uh, no, this is what's on Reverb right now. Okay. Like He has it for sale for 800 <laughs> The next highest price is like 679 Man. The flip is real on those things. <laughs> As I'm staring at mine, wondering what, <laughs> where <laughs> can I spend that money? Uh, yeah, just to uh, throw it up on reverb and if one day it actually does sell you'll uh, have a nice little chunk of change <laughs> but I, I you I waited so long oh my this. gosh <laughs> I don't want to sell it I like it that I $800 like KTR was originally a thousand dollars oh wow you're right I never like clicked on it wow can we actually go to we should actually go to like past sales on reverb and see how it because um, I thought they were actually selling like closer to like three to four hundred. Let me see price history. Yeah, price history highest one marked is around the four hundred mark, like just shy of that. Yeah. So I I do feel like that one is a little closer to just the lack of supply probably situation like it how they've just not been in stock for months and people have been chasing them down and there's still the whole well first off it's a good pedal it just is um but yeah i i don't expect a ktr in 20 years to be you know a thousand dollars or two thousand yeah, dollars i don't think the ktr will be but i'm pretty sure the clon unless like somebody else comes up with like if tube screamers ever hit it big and mm -hmm. you know it becomes the next big thing that everybody just has to have then maybe we'll see the original clons come down mm. like would, would you say that's what the king of tone did to the blues breaker <sighs> like as far as making the price come down on the originals or, or at least stem the bleeding yeah <sighs> i mean Maybe I, I've never been too impressed with like blues breakers in general. So like, yeah, I'm kind Diaz of biased. is kind of our, our resident blues breaker guy. He is. So. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, he has the, he has the dually by Westminster, you know, and he's really happy with that one right now. And you know, that, that price is reasonable on, on that pedal because you know, Actually, prices aren't that bad on original boost breakers. Like the highest one out there right now is three twenty nine, and the lowest is like two fifteen. Hmm. And there's not a there's not a waiting list two years long. No. So uh, if you want the blues breaker tone, just uh, go grab one off of Reverb. <laughs> not wait, wait a month and a half. Don't you have to a modify half. a blues breaker to be able to run it off power? looks no unless there's a like earlier model like a mock mark one might 
not have? No, all the ones I'm looking at have power on them, hmm. so. Or you can go to the BB2, which was the old, uh, remember when Marshall did that other round of pedals in the um, heavy duty metal enclosures? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, you can get those for a whopping $52. Yeah, it's not too bad. I <laughs> I still have <laughs> uh, the jackhammer from that series. That's a great that's a great way to spend thirty bucks. There's still one that's brand new. I wonder how long that's been sitting in that shop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, those did not those did not sell well. It, it's kind of funny that like uh, they weren't that bad because I had the jackhammer I think from that series. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty po- the jackhammer is really powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember it being like very hot and I don't think like I could ever get the master volume much beyond like nine o'clock maybe. Oh yeah. It's, it's one of those where nine o'clock is unity ish, but you had a, you had a, almost a three band EQ on it. You had a contour and a frequency instead of a mid, but with all those concentric knobs, it was a pretty robust pedal. Yeah, and they were trying to, I mean, they were trying to compete with, like, Marshall Form Factor, I'm guessing, with these, which might have been, like, their issue, but... How so? It's because, Mar- like, uh, Boss was already on the market and kind of leading that Form Factor, and then you're trying to bring your stuff out to market. Oh, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Is that, yeah, I mean, is this was kind of like slightly before like the boutique market like really took off and became popular, right? Oh, it was well before. I mean, yeah. Because I remember get, get having like an old jackhammer and like my morning glory on the board, but that was like a few months after JHS like became the thing. Yeah, I mean, they've been going, JHS is probably older than we realize, but yeah. Uh, I like how we, we're now talking about like cheap Marshall pedals <laughs> instead of like <laughs> mythical pedals. This is where we went. Uh, so let's, why, why don't we just kind of pull this into, pull it in. Um, long story short, mythical pedals are going to be mythical pedals, aren't they? And even if they're not like mythical, like the magic juju, that's <laughs> still going to be like collector's items for some people like who knows it might go away in a couple of generations like our kids might not give a flying f on okay first off our kids should not be swearing (laughs) Uh, um, kids if you're listening to this in the future how dare you (laughs) i'm sorry for how terrible of parents we all are (laughs) Uh, yeah but you you know that's probably going to be a fair point is that like either like our kids generation or you know the generation or two behind us but like only kids we know in that generation is like spencer heim if he's even in our group but like he's kind of in the so it might have to be another generation after him that just stops all this i all right first I think first things first, I would not expect pedal boards to even be a thing at that point. This, um, yeah, this could be true. 
that we're already seeing the disappearance of the pedal board and going to helix and things like that right now it's only going to get smaller and more efficient and lighter right yeah, like going back to the head rush thing if they can actually like do well with that kind of touch screen screen thing and we see that on like a next model up from somebody that's huge mm-hmm. that's always been my thing of going with a non like traditional pedal board is menu diving and have if i need to change something on the fly i've got to do 20 clicks before i can start twisting knobs yeah and i think the head rush does a good job of that but at the mm-hmm. same time there's the you hit a note something sour you bend over you twist one knob and you come back up yep um and for someone like me who can't pre-plan what he's going to use on a given song very well <laughs> again i'm not in a band i'm not in a like like this is my sound i'm going to use this for every show on this north american tour so it's <laughs> worth the time to like dial in yeah it's i'm going to play this song once this month and maybe again next month i'm not spending the time to dial stuff in per song See, maybe that's going to be what it comes down to also is as because we're traditionally we're all all of us are more into the pnw scene Mm-hmm. And unless we start having a like resurgence of like guitar stuff in uh, our PNW music, I think we're probably gonna be seeing less and less like uh, need to have multiple stuff. Like we can just have our ambient setting, we can have our less ambient setting, and then we can kind of have our little like fun jam out setting. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm a little spoiled. My church is more guitar driven than probably most. And the band I'm playing with right now allows me to go more guitar driven. So mm-hmm. there is a That's, little more guitar featuring than necessarily your yeah. average. Because um, I definitely missed that about one of my old churches was that like, even if it was like heavy synth stuff, we translated that to guitar parts and we went with it. <laughs> oh, and I mean, that, that's part of what I'm doing too with stuff like the, my super ego allows in my dl4 i've got settings on there that let me get synthy very quickly nice. um and lay down pads and do all these kind of things but at the end of the day i i'm i'm on a lot of our songs i'm just gripping and ripping and you know doing that kind of stuff and actually speaking of synth as many synth pedals as we've covered in the last month mm-hmm. we're probably heading that direction too for guitar players like all we're going to be is just a portable synth player at some point oof <laughs> instead of doing the guitar we're just gonna play the guitar oh and... does that mean i get to like bend over in the middle of service and rewire everything and then come back up and then like yes <laughs> i just set an oscillator and like i'm just keep i'm throwing wires all over the place and going boop 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 for an entire song <laughs> I mean, that's what the edge does. Oof. <laughs> Self-burn. <laughs> well, on that disappointment, I think we should wrap up. <laughs> hey, he said it himself in one of his things when he was like, this is what the sound, the song sounds like without all the delay. Boonk, bink, boonk, boonk. And then he turned on all the effects. And it, <laughs> it was the song. <laughs> Now I say oof because I totally do that on one of the songs we play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, I'd say uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. It's been, yeah, it's thank been you. another fun episode. Thank you. Um, please go to iTunes, leave us a review on uh, about our podcast. The more Can't we have get reviews. Diaz doing all the reviews. Ah, uh, yeah. Can we delete <laughs> that one? Maybe. <laughs> I might have to do it. All right. Um, yeah, please leave us a review. Um, you know, if you got constructive feedback, you know, send it save it for private messages please but uh uh follow us on instagram at the effects loop always some of our best content is coming out there there's always some fun stuff um join our facebook group uh we're at facebook.com slash groups slash the effects loop uh a great thing to do this week we'll probably be talking more about prices and how you know mythical pedals are where they're going and what's the future guitar looks like i guarantee that will be a thread because likely i'm about to write it right now and delay post it uh go to our youtube if you aren't already listening to us on youtube uh all new episodes are posted there as well as well as any bonus content that we're coming out with at any point and past things like our nam coverage or one day the lambertones demo uh and then finally um you got anything you want to discover on the show you want to be included in something or simply uh you've got things that you want us to do differently email us at the effects loop at gmail.com so thanks again for joining us i'm scott i'm chris and i'm marissa have a good one everybody yes bye guys